Hello everybody, how you doing? Hope all is well. Welcome back to another episode of Shot of Philosophy. Today we're staying with meditations. We're in book two here, and Marcus wrote to himself, Yes, keep on degrading yourself, soul, but soon your chance of dignity will be gone. Everyone gets one life. Yours is almost used up, and instead of treating yourself with respect, you have entrusted your own happiness to the souls of others. It's hard for me to read this and not have it resonate with me. I think a lot of times when I'm flipping through and I'm looking for what I want to read and think about a little bit in the morning and speak about, I often gravitate towards like whatever I'm thinking already or what I've been thinking about recently. So the last line of this is the one that stood out to me with the idea of how it's problematic to entrust your own happiness to the souls of others. This immediately made me think of my own, I think, tendency, and this is a very natural human thing, I think, to seek the approval of others and to care about the opinions of others in a way that might not be the most helpful. So what I think he's trying to cultivate here is this kind of self-sufficient soul, right? And we see this throughout meditations. We see this as a common element in a lot of different philosophy, especially I would say Stoic thinking is big on this. And it's not that we shouldn't relate to others positively. It's not that we shouldn't try to help others. We should also be open to listening to others attentively and authentically. But we don't want to entrust or rely too much on others in the wrong ways. Right? So Marcus is big throughout the meditations and trying to make himself resilient, right? To make himself strong in the face of an unpredictable world. Right, what we can control, what we cannot control. Of course, people would fall into that second category. We cannot control people. We are, I think, obligated to work to influence them in positive ways, to teach and learn with them, right? And allow them to influence us in positive ways too. But ultimately, to entrust your happiness to the souls of others is a mistake. Right? To be, let's say, too easily affected by the opinions of others is a mistake. And I think to be affected wrongly by the opinions of others is probably the ultimate mistake we can make in this regard, right? Of course, when people say things, we're going to hear them, right? We're going to hear what they say. We're going to then be responsible for interpreting what they say. And that's a lot of what Marcus and the Stoics are trying to help us get good at. And Marcus here, of course, trying to help himself get good at throughout the meditations. If that interpretation is based on a falsehood, which might be, you know, the other person's not speaking the truth or we are misinterpreting what they're saying and we are not seeing the truth of it, right? If it's not helpful, if it's not fair, these are things we have to think about before we allow them to affect us. So the, the Stoics, you know, I think in our modern conception of them at times, our modern understanding of them, get this, um, what I would say is incorrect characterization, right? That they just, you know, don't have emotions. No, the Stoics are treating us to work with our emotions. They're saying, you know, a lot of what they're thinking and what they're writing in my, in my belief is because they were emotional or because they noticed other people were emotional and they wanted to think, well, wow, why is this person affecting me so much? And I think Marx is reminding himself here to some degree, like that's an option. That's a choice. And he's sort of, you know, encouraging himself, right? A little, little bit, you know, he's being tough on himself here. This idea of you keep degrading yourself, your own soul, like you're making yourself feel bad, right? You're Again, you're making yourself feel bad in a way that isn't even helpful, right? He's reminding himself, he's trying to use, I think, memento mori to kind of wiggle free of 
this emotional state that he's in as a result of allowing someone else's opinion to affect him. And it's a part of a larger habit he probably had, again, I can relate to this, of what he's saying, entrusting his happiness to other people's souls, right? Other people's opinions, other people's thoughts, right? Someone else is in a bad mood, all of a sudden you're in a bad mood, right? Stuff is contagious. That's also human nature. We're naturally social and we don't, maybe just for argument's sake, study enough stoicism. We don't realize that just because someone else is upset or someone else is angry, it doesn't mean we also have to participate in that. I think we want to understand people and we want to, again, teach and learn and grow with them and love them and serve them. We can do all of that without adopting their way of being in the moment, especially if it's a negative way of being. We don't have to commiserate, right? Again, I love that word, commiserate. We don't have to do that. That's a choice. But it's difficult. It's really difficult. And this is, again, something I struggle with, especially with people who I care about. I feel like, okay, I care about them, so I have to care about their opinions. All of them. It's a risky game to play if you want to keep your own soul at peace because then you're dealing with everyone else's soul in this way where instead of caring for their soul through dialogue, through offering them helpful or insightful comments, through being with them, even just quietly being with them. We could do all of that. But once again, we don't have to adopt their opinion as our own. And we don't have to take their opinion personally, which is sort of what he's saying here too, right? We don't have to take all these things to heart. There's a great uh, Greek mantra. I can't remember what it was exactly, but I remember the meaning in English. It's sort of like, don't take things so seriously, but that's not a mantra, right? That's just a phrase. But it was sort of like they used the word deep, right? Don't take things so deep. Like this is what Epictetus was saying with truths and then petty truths. A petty truth or like let's say an unhelpful truth or – a, you know, I don't want to say simple truths. I think simple truths can be really powerful. But it's the idea that some truths matter more than others. And one that doesn't really matter too much is petty. And Marcus, you know, famously, one of the most famous lines in meditations, I'm paraphrasing here, is like, you, we love ourselves, right? Or we should love ourselves. And yet, we let these opinions of other people affect us like we don't love ourselves. We care more about the opinions of others than we care about our own opinions of ourselves is a closer restating of the, of the quote that he wrote. Right. So if we care about the opinions of others more than we care about our own opinions of ourselves, we're going to run into some problems, especially when it comes to our happiness, especially when it comes to our fulfillment. We have to be authentically ourselves. And we have to work on that because there are some parts of ourselves that aren't that great. We have to acknowledge that and, and make the correct adjustments. But ultimately, we are who we are in this moment. It doesn't mean it's not changeable, but it doesn't mean it is what it is. Right? So the idea of know yourself and care for yourself works really kind of like in synergy here. Right? We know ourselves so we can care for ourselves and we care for ourselves so we can grow. And then in that growth, we also find love because without growth, love dies. Right. So we have to learn, again, how to cultivate the self in light of, especially for people like me, maybe like Marcus, who kind of like rely on the opinions of others a little too much. We have to cultivate better habits here. We have to work on asking ourselves first, seeing what resources we have first, seeing what opinions we have of ourselves first, what visions we have for ourselves first and mostly before we turn to the opinions of others. But this is why, you know, for me, I've started to keep my intentions and goals a little more private. Um, I think that's been a really healthy part of my growth. I used to speak my goals a lot. I used to 
think that was helpful in achieving them. But I recently came across some research that said your brain is actually being tricked. When you do that, you think you're actually making progress when really, obviously, you're not. If you're telling people what you're going to do and then that's enough for that day and you're not actually taking real actions towards that, right? You think that the speaking is real action towards that and it's not. Unless, of course, they can help you, in which case it's different, right? Asking for help is something Marcus recommends, I recommend, that um, clearly links to an actual practical move towards the goal, right? But I think by keeping our intentions a little bit, let's say, private, and, and by that I mean with ourselves, write about it, think about it. Maybe your person of faith, pray about it, right? Keeping your intentions, your goals to yourself and or between you and a higher power, I think is really a potential solution to this idea of entrusting our happiness to the souls of others. It's one part of a larger conversation, right? I think our intentions are important. Our vision of the future, that's also really important. But all these things involve a great deal of uncertainty. And you want to cultivate a self that's resilient in the face of uncertainty. When you introduce other people and their opinions and their ways of seeing into that conversation, again, unless they're helping you directly, you want to be a little bit careful with that. And so that's maybe a future-oriented conversation, but even with receiving good or bad news, before going to others with it, who, might or, who may or may not respond in ways that will be helpful for you, take a few minutes with yourself. Don't entrust the experience of receiving good news or receiving bad news immediately with someone else. Stick with yourself a little bit. Write about it for five minutes. Think about it again. Meditate on it. Pray about it for five minutes. Give thanks for it. See what you can learn from it. Maybe think about why it went wrong before you immediately pick up the phone or immediately text somebody or whatever. Right? I'm only using the word immediately to highlight the point. Of course, we can share things with people. Of course, we should. But maybe if that's bringing us pain, we have to think of new ways to do that. So when I read this, all these things come to mind, right? Because to treat yourself with respect is to make sure you hear yourself and make sure you listen to yourself attentively and rely on that more than you might rely on someone else's opinion of you or someone else's opinions of your goals or opinions of what's happened to you recently. And then a really interesting part of this too that connects to Marcus and the Stoics profoundly because they love the idea of preparation and the acknowledgement of life's difficulties would be again in these two examples of let me craft intentions and a vision for the future that I like or let me deal with this good news or this bad news. Not only by sitting with yourself first do you listen to yourself first and foremost which is important. Not only do you give yourself more attention with your own thoughts and feelings, right, and actions, very important. You could also prepare, right? We shouldn't carelessly deliver news to anybody, especially big news. We shouldn't carelessly mention our vision for the future, our intentions for what we want to become, because these aren't small things. These are important things. So we can prepare them, right? We could say, well, here's this piece of bad news I just got. All right, let me just figure this out a little bit. Let me give myself a few minutes. Let me give myself a day, two days, a week, whatever you need, right, to think about it before we go and share it with others. And when we go and share with others, we have to prepare ourselves a little bit. There's another great quote in here. I'm not sure where it is, but he you know, reminds himself, are you surprised that a fig tree makes figs? Right, so we know the people in our lives. And if we don't, we have to get to know them even better, right? But ultimately, it's likely the case we know people pretty well at least a few people, and we can prepare ourselves. We can say, well, you know what, Here's this is good news. Person one usually responds this way to good news. Person two usually responds this way. Person three responds this way. All right, I want to share with them because I like the idea of either 
you may be bringing them some happiness and some joy with some good news, or I want to ask them these specific questions, and they might respond in this way. This is a mantra from an old baseball coach I had that I'm going to mess up. Hold on. I got it. Proper prior planning prevents poor performance. Right? So when we're entrusting our happiness and our fulfillment to others too much, I think that might also come with the fact that we might be unprepared. Because if I deliver bad news to you that I've already dealt with, that I've already learned from, the trust is in me. If I've not only done that, but I've also thought about how you're probably going to respond, and I've based that on evidence, so I'm ready for what you're going to say a little bit more, I'm not entrusting you with anything. Not, not anything per se, right? But I'm entrusting you with a lot less, which is good because I'm protecting me. And if I protect my peace, I'll be able to more kindly and patiently uh, interact with you, especially if you have a tendency to, let's say, respond to bad news poorly or respond to good news poorly or be a little bit dismissive about my goals or whatever. So we're guarding ourselves and that will help us thrive in our relationships. So it's not about not interacting or not engaging with or avoiding people at all, right? That's another sort of weird, uh, let's say, criticism or stereotype about philosophy in general. It's like you lock yourself away. No, 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 no. There might be a time for that, right? Some silence again by yourself, of course. But it doesn't mean we don't, you know, constantly see people interact with them, right? We want to do that intelligently and deliberately in a way that's good for us and others, right? So I think all these strategies will work hopefully, to help you to start trusting yourself more with your own happiness. And we have, again, three main examples. The intentions, goals is one. Good news, bad news. I could think of a lot more, but I want to keep this uh, keep this going for too long. I want to cut this in about 15 minutes for you. Um, but think about this. How do you entrust your happiness to others? How do you rely on others? Whose opinion matters to you, maybe? It's a weird question. A little too much. And how can you work on that? How can you establish a new relationship? Again, I think stopping to rely on yourself more, stopping to think about how they'll likely respond allows you to still interact with people, but to do it in a much healthier way because you're trusting more your own insight. You're trusting more your own ability to pay attention. You're trusting more in your own thinking, your own ability to question yourself. Hope this is helpful. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you soon.